Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. We are. We are. We are cultivate. 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 We are cultivate. On a sizable site in the center of San Jose, California, a once unfinished house began to take shape in the absence of any formal plans, official blueprints, or architectural concept. Doorways opened to empty walls, corners rounded to dead ends, and staircases ascended multiple levels before abruptly stopping. Sarah Winchester, the heir by marriage to the Winchester Weapons Fortune, designed the home and ever since construction started in 1884, Rumours have swelled about the construction, the inhabitants, and the seemingly endless maze that sits at 525 South Winchester Boulevard in San Jose, California. Well, hello, fellow weirdos. It's Dom, and welcome to this week's episode of Horror House. I hope that everyone is having a fantastic week, and take this as your reminder that you are awesome humans. The fact that you're here means that you're absolute legends, and I appreciate that you've taken the time out of your busy schedules to listen to our episode today. And it's a very special one because we have some returners on the show, um, and I'm super, super stoked that they wanted to come back and I'm super stoked that we finally managed to pin down a recording because it's something that I've wanted to do for a, a long, long time. So welcome back to Horror House, the hosts of one of my favorite podcasts, Spoils of Horror, Leo and Steven. Hello, boys. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I'm so stoked, honestly. <laughs> Thank you for having us. You're welcome. Um, a lighter episode for you this time. As much as I love talking about uh, Heaven's Gate, <laughs> this is... Uh, this- this- it was a good episode, but it's <laughs> yeah. nice to do something a little relaxed. Yeah, definitely. Um, I did see that Leo seemed quite happy when he heard that it was a Sarah Winchester mystery house. <laughs> you, you did a good job of keeping this as a surprise from us. What you don't know is I'm actually well-versed in the Winchester house because uh, it's a fan favorite of mine. <laughs> and what neither of you know is that my ex-girlfriend of many years did a long project on the Sarah Winchester, ha- Winchester house. So if I pass out during this episode, <laughs> now you'll know why. <laughs> also, I want to thank Leo for now making me shit bricks that I haven't. All of this episode is going to be wrong. Thank you, Leo. Thank you. <laughs> I'm just going to agree with everything you say, whether it's wrong or not, just to make you look good. So for the people that haven't listened to your podcast, um, hopefully there are some there are some people that recognize recognize you from the first go around. But for the people that haven't listened to Scores of Horror, again, like I did last time, I'm going to scold you. What the fuck? Sort it out. But if you could tell the people about your podcast, just tell tell people about Spores of Horror. Unlike... I think we just tried to pass this off to each of each <laughs> or the other one. Leo, <laughs> take it away. Okay, so 
yeah, it's a horror show podcast, but unlike others, we're not doing reviews. We're not doing any sort of critiques. We're just two guys hanging out on a couch, having fun, choosing a movie for each one to watch and talking about it the way you do, like if you would leave a movie theater with your buddies. Grand. Yeah, it's a bit of a variety show. Sometimes we, uh, you know, we tell some jokes. We tell some personal stories about how these movies affect us. And sometimes I even sing songs. So it's horrible. I mean, great. <laughs> That's when Leo's like, oh, man, I'm doing my money's worth of editing on this episode because <laughs> Steven's, Steven's singing. <laughs> you don't know how much singing I've had to cut out already. It's been a long time. I sing two or three songs each episode for somehow they don't make it in. It's weird. <laughs> We're going to be selling a CD at the end of the year. I was about to say, when's your, when's your LP coming out? When, when's that going to be hitting right. shelves? Spoils and horror sings the hits. We've <laughs> joked <right>. about that. <laughs> so one question, uh, one question that is very important um, that we need to discuss. We need to discuss. So it's very important that I know where we're at with the manufacturing of this horror house slash spores of horror thong. That's and... right. That's right. We're going to do it. It's going to be halvesies. Oh, I'm so you say, where... then. I'm going to get back in and recreate it. <laughs> it's going to delay it slightly, it's, but it's... we'll get there. It's because we were trying to screw you over, Dom. We were going to put us on the front and then you on the thin line on the back. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> the okay. one that goes in the crack. <laughs> so it's going to be your little face in that little triangle in the back. I mean, as, as someone who's a bum guy, that isn't necessarily <laughs> the worst thing. Um... <laughs> you heard what, it here, folks. What a place You heard to it be. here. If you want to support Horror House, there are a few ways that you can do that. We have the Buy Me A Coffee link. Amy is far better at coming up with ways to, to talk about this than I am. Essentially, it's a link in the bio or the show notes. You click on it, takes you to a website called Buy Me A Coffee. You can donate to the show, but it's fun because it's coffee um, and you donate one coffee or two coffees or three coffees or 10 if you're feeling extra generous and it's like a or fun sort of or wired. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Amy loves coffee, so she would love 10 coffees. But yes, it's a perfect way to donate to the show. And it's not like Patreon, where it's a direct debit every month. It's a one-time donation. And if you want to do it once, you know, that is your that is your donation. Um, so if you want to do that, please do. We also have the merch store. Um, so if you want to support the show, but also have something with our logo on it, you know, whether that's a hoodie, whether that's a t-shirt, whether that's stickers, whether that's the soon-to-be-released Horror House Sports of Horror thong, which, which is coming. Keep keep your keep your eyes out for it. Um, Leo's stitching right now. <laughs> it's what that clicking sound is. It's the needlepoint. <laughs> if you want to support us by getting some merch and represent the show, please do. So, Stephen, Leo, are you ready to dive in to the Winchester Mystery House? Always ready. So ready. Good. When the Winchester Mystery House was built, it was simply called Sarah Winchester's House. Sarah Winchester, sometimes known as Sally after her uh, paternal grandmother, was born in New Haven, Connecticut in 1839. In 1862, she would tie the knot with William Wirt Winchester, heir to the throne of the Winchester Repeating Arms Company. Winchester would give birth to a child named Annie Pardee Winchester in 1866. Um, however, she was uh, diagnosed with having Marasmus uh, and she lived for only one month. Winchester's mother, father-in-law, and husband all passed away between the fall of 1880 and the spring of 1881, um, and her husband would leave her with a considerable inheritance. 
Now, I know I said that the, this is going to be a lighter episode. Four people have died. <laughs> After a great start. start. This is this is going well. <laughs> um, Mary Con, yeah, Mary Converse, uh, her oldest sister, passed away in 1884. Fucking hell, that's <laughs> okay. There's a lot of five. There's a lot of murder. <laughs> Not a lot of murder. There's a lot of death so far, which is good. Good stuff. Um, oh, it is a lighter off. episode. It is a lighter episode, people. Don't worry. This is as death as it gets on this one. Um, He's just got 20 more to get through. <laughs> you thought this was <laughs> you thought it stopped now oh don't, don't worry this is good there's more where this comes from. question um, is are you counting the amount of deaths that were caused by the winchester rifles because then it goes up significantly oh that's a yeah that's a that's a big kill count in it that would uh that would be the highest body count of any episode that i've ever done um I'm proud part of it <laughs> <laughs> sarah winchester's, do- uh, winchester's doctors advised moving to a warmer drier area around this time since she had started to to develop uh, rheumatoid arthritis she this is a rotten luck so far i'm not gonna lie jesus so sarah winchester relocated from new haven connecticut to california in 1885 um so that's definitely somewhere warmer and drier i don't know my american climates but i'm gonna say that's probably warmer and drier you're, you're correct, correct. <laughs> <laughs> i mean i would like, i don't know would i like to live in cali I don't know. Maybe Hollywood seems a bit fake to me. San Diego, California would be nice. I'd be up for San Diego. San Diego's a cool town. I've been there. Lots of cool ghost stories there. Oh, oh man. Plus, I just, I just, I just want to be in the sun, like on a beach that's sand, not stones, and just disgusting like the English, English Channel is. Uh, Winchester's choice to relocate may have influenced her doctor's, influenced by her doctor's advice. Her fond memories of visiting San Francisco with her husband in the 1870s and advertisements touting the state of California's climate and health advantages. Um, A Winchester repeating arms company representative from San Francisco named Edward Ned Rambo, not that Rambo, led Winchester on a tour of the It was his lesser known cousin. It was the the little windy one. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's the Rambo. Chase Rambo, yeah. Very nerdy guy. (laughs) It's the Rambo. Although I like thinking of Rambo doing this. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be hilarious. Yeah, Edward Ned Rambo is the forgotten Rambo. He he got planted in a mental institution and nobody speaks his name. Nobody. (laughs) If you do five times, he'll show up and uh, (laughs) make money off of you and be a nuisance. Um, so yes, uh, Edward Rambo would lead uh, Sarah on a tour of the valley in search of a home. He took her to see a 45-acre ranch that was up for sale uh, close to San Jose, um, and she would buy the land from John Ham, which comprised an eight-room, two-story farmhouse. And let me tell you people, it wouldn't be long till that was no longer just a small, humble farmhouse, because that boy gets big. If I can't stop laughing, it's just because when you were talking about Rambo and taking her on a tour, I couldn't not picture a chopper. I'm sorry. I just have to go back to that. <laughs> Flying her across. That'd be brilliant. <laughs> I wish I could do Sly Stallone's voice. I wish I could. Never told me. That was pretty good. Um, I impressed myself. You should do your LP 
in literally just Sylvester Stallone's voice. That's what we need. Slice Stallone on the LP. What a great idea. <laughs> um, so Winchester uh, recruited at least two architects with the intention of enlarging the farmhouse, uh, but she fired them and made the decision to handle the planning herself. Uh, she uh, meticulously planned each room, oversaw the work, and asked the carpenters she hired for guidance. I'm not sure firing both architects is a bold move. It was a statement, absolutely. But Were they not giving wanted... her what she wanted? Does, <laughs> does it say? From, 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 I want a staircase that goes nowhere if yeah, they wouldn't yeah. build it. <laughs> architects are just like, are you sure? And Sarah's like, yes, I want my staircase. At least the fucking... It's fine. Don't worry. No, you're fine. I'll do it myself. You know what? I'll, I'll do it myself. At this <laughs> get 10,000 steps a day. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, we're still a little bit ahead of her psychosis, to put it politely, aren't we? Oh, uh, yeah. 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 Uh -huh. we're, um, we're just a little bit ahead. So she's just um, fired them just because they stink or something. Just because, yeah, just because they were like, you won't give me my staircase that leads to a roof. Like, oh, fine. <laughs> no, you, you're done. So the then common uh, Wells Fairs served as her inspiration for the design of the home. Uh, although the home's size was comparable to other houses at the time, um, a woman managing such a project was unique. And according to Colin Dickey in his book, Ghostland, an American history of haunted places, she could be regarded as an architectural pioneer of the era. Um, I also regard Colin Dickey as having probably the most unfortunate surname in the world <laughs> <laughs> who was the guy that we just covered in our um in our uh, invaders from mom uh, mars episode was it, was it from tim, mom was it tim <laughs> was it tim bottoms <laughs> something like that yeah they didn't have to leave yeah, it up it again tim bottoms yeah <laughs> uh, he wasn't winning any awards served him well in high school yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was about to say i bet you uh school was a barrel of last for colin dickey <laughs> fucking hell Every morning during the register, the teacher purposely doesn't say his first name. It's like Dicky, <laughs> yeah, Dicky Butts. <laughs> um, she was known to start over and stop work. The progress did not satisfy her standards, creating a maze-like structure. Um, a seven-story structure was reportedly uh, destroyed and rebuilt sixteen times, according to an article in the San Jose News uh, from eighteen ninety-seven. I think building and then destroying and then rebuilding 16 times is just a little bit excessive person. It's yeah, I'm trying to think of what the difference between the 15th and the 16th was. <laughs> there was a crooked window frame and she was like, fuck, you know, tear the whole thing down. I'm saying that OCD is a bitch. When you, when you have it, get like one millimeter off, you just go crazy. Yeah, no, that is true. That is true. I can imagine. So... There are walled off external windows and doors uh, as a result of her extensions because they were left in place as the house would grow in size. Uh, multiple levels, up to five, were added to different parts of the home um, and it would feature elements of Gothic and Romanesque features while the design would be primarily Victorian. The lack of a design and presence of an architect would lead to the haphazard way in which the home would be built, with rooms being placed onto outside walls and windows looking into other rooms. Not ideal to have a window looking into your room. That's, that's it's the not weirdest B&B &B ever, I'll give you that. Yeah. With the sad status of my love life, it would be totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll take that room. <laughs> I, I mean, with the sad status of my life, I don't think anyone would want to see what happens in my room. Let's be honest. 
You can go either way. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you like being watched, it'd be pretty ideal, wouldn't it? No, that's true. That's true. Oh no, I left the window open. <laughs> Let's say we've got an audience again. How unfortunate! Who could have seen this one coming? Well, everyone's going to see. Everyone's going to see it coming. Really. Let's, let's be honest. Grim um, shot here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it So in order to give each staircase a distorted appearance, several stairs would be constructed, um, each with a different size riser. What was even stranger was how meaningless many of the changes would be. Uh, a skylight was installed in the floor. Doors would open to solid walls, with one that opened to nothing but a two-story drop into the yard below. Uh, passageways would round a curve and come to an abrupt end, and stairs would rise multiple stories before ending in the ceiling. Imagine, like, uh, you're staying at, at the house for whatever reason. Maybe Sarah invites you over for, <laughs> I don't know, for whatever reason. Um, right. And you, you're like, two o'clock in the morning, you're like, man, I really need to piss. And you go and try and find the bathroom in this just absolute mishmash of a house and you open the door thinking you've gone into the bathroom and then you just fall out the house <laughs> to the fucking yard see i think if they did a, a modern film that combined this house with hh H. holmes murder castle it would be a hit oh yeah absolutely it'd be yes but the difference between the two homes is that one worked and the other one didn't and so right, but this is like the idea of highly weird mystery hallways and secret passages and doors to nothing and then one leads into your your death trap or what have you <laughs> the <laughs> other one leads to a two-story drop outside exactly <laughs> even which even... one could it be that'd be a great like reality game show my point that's it oh that would <laughs> oh that would it could be like takashi's castle but <laughs> yep 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 Oh, I love this idea. Like seven people have to stay in this house and it's like, oh no, like do they get the one that has the drop that <laughs> takes them outside? They just blow out their torch. They can't come back now. Oh, hilarious. You're out of the house. <laughs> Even H.H. Holmes comes in. He's like, you know what, Sarah, this house is too much for me. Sorry. <laughs> this is embarrassing. <laughs> I see what you did here. I don't like it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so even with the architectural oddities, there was no expense spared, as anyone who entered the house could see. Uh, in the ceilings, above the hand-inlaid parquet flooring, uh, chandeliers in gold and silver were suspended. The walls were covered with dozens of gorgeous stained glass windows made by Tiffany & Co., including some that Louis Comfort Tiffany would himself design. All right, Sarah, bougie. How the other half lived. Never mind what I said about H.H. H. Holmes being impressed. <laughs> hey. I, I, do like the, I do like the <laughs> Tiffany windows. Oh, Everything dear. else got to go. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Where's the acid bath? <laughs> it's all good having these windows, but where's my acid bath? It's at the bottom <laughs> of the two-story drop is where it is. Uh, one window in particular was designed to provide a uh, prismatic rainbow effect as light passed through it. But since the window ended up on an interior wall, the effect was never realized and it was kind of useless. Um, unfortunately, That's got to be disappointing. Oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. They just, hung a, they just hung a lizard lamp. <laughs> it's kind of like how like, I got really excited when I was like, oh, a skylight. I love a skylight. I'd love a skylight. And it's like they installed it on the floor. So it's, <laughs> it's kind of meaningless. Um, unfortunately, the San Jose earthquake of 1904 would cause significant damage to the house. Uh, the floating foundation, which bears um, a load equivalent 
to that of the soil around it prevented the entire home from collapsing. In the end, the top three floors were taken out, leaving the house with just the four stories that are visible today. Um, With the exception of some minor maintenance tasks uh, and the addition of an elevator in 1916, uh, Winchester did not work on the house after 1910, owing to uh, deteriorating health. And in 1922, when Sarah Winchester did pass away, the home would feature 160 rooms, 2,000 doors, 10,000 windows, 47 staircases, 47 fireplaces, 13 bathrooms, and six kitchens. Is that excessive? Probably. You can't trust that many stairs. They're up to something. <laughs> you really can't. <laughs> yeah, I just picture her walking into like room 159 and being like, where the fuck am I? Like, am I at somebody else's house? <laughs> Can you it's imagine never... if she had Alzheimer's and just got lost in her own house? Couldn't make her way back to the kitchen. <laughs> it's never a it's never a good good sign if if you get lost in your own house finding your bedroom. <laughs> it's, that's right. Never... Yeah, like did they have to decorate them for her? Did she like go in confused? Can one had like new kids on the block posters everywhere? <laughs> Whatever. Who decorated one... room one hundred and forty seven? Fired. If I had. 160 bedrooms I, I or 160 rooms i would you know sleep in most of those bedrooms every other night i would just you know rotate oh those yeah say- no doubt yeah 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 they're saying that 13 bathrooms is quite quite annoying especially when i found that out of those 13 bathrooms one of those was functional <laughs> makes it really confusing when the guests come over right yeah right Imagine you're just dying for a shit and, and you're like, Sarah, you're like, Sarah, I really need to shit. I've been to 11 bathrooms and not one of them has worked. Which one is the right one? One of them's hidden. You got to find it. <laughs> oh, can you imagine? Oh, that staircase goes nowhere. <laughs> but Turns don't use you... the downstairs bathroom. That's for company. <laughs> Turns out that they just This could go... be part of the reality show. That's right. <laughs> Turns out they just go through the door that leads to the outside and they just fall out of the house. Just like, this is really inconvenient. Rob <laughs> five stories will fit themselves anyway, so it's not really a problem. <laughs> Takes care of itself. That's right. It does. Imagine like Sarah's just like, you know, Sarah's just destroyed a toilet and she's just like, oh, no, no one go into that bathroom. And then the person's like, but which one? <laughs> which one is going to destroy that? I can't get into <laughs> Oh, man. I was just thinking uh, now about what if the smell carries, you wouldn't even know where it's coming from. You'd not be able to find it, just permeate the house. Just, <laughs> just go hide in room 157. <laughs> and if you can't, if that room's occupied, just find any one of the 47 fireplaces and just cradle in there for a little. Do you, do you think she ever found a squatter? Like, do you ever think she found somebody that had been living in there for 10 years and she had no idea? Uh, that wouldn't shock me at all. Like, genuinely. I love the idea that somebody squatted in the house and knew the layout better than she did because he had to like sneak around. <laughs> he could figure out things better than she could. <laughs> he was one of the architects that she fired. <laughs> he just came back. That's right. And didn't start. <laughs> uh, so, unsurprisingly, over the years, uh, different rumors, exaggerations, and myths have added to the mystique that surrounds Sarah Winchester. And well-known authors have made up or straight-up exaggerated facts about the house and its owner to feed the legend of, quote, kooky Sarah and her haunted mansion. Don't come after me, Disney, because I don't (laughs) don't have the money to to fight with you. 
so yeah, on that note, um, let's take a quick break before we get into the myths and the legends so you can hear from some other lovely people and um, some other amazing podcasts. What do you think, boys? Do you think now's a good time to, to take yeah, a little yeah. break? Feels good. Cool. We shall see you in not but a moment. Hello, Twisted Humans. Do you find yourself wanting to know more about the latest murder, conspiracy, cults, or haunting? Then this is the podcast for you. We're bringing the most intense stories that'll keep you up at night. He was found guilty of voluntary manslaughter and felonious assault, but he was only sentenced to five months of probation. And this would be the last time that anyone ever saw him. Uh, there are allegedly two women who also drowned in a first-class pool. Was this the same glowing green that they'd seen in the darkness the night before? He had refused to sit near the wagon cloth because of stains on it, which were most likely blood. Join us every Tuesday for a glass of wine or sangria and a dose of true crime. I'm Alicia. And I'm Sierra. And this is Twisted Twisted and and Uncorked. Uncorked. Welcome to the Carolinas, where serial killers, abductions, and mysterious circumstances are abundant. Join me, Tiffany, and my co-host Sam, two moms, as we cover local true crime cases that will leave you wanting more. Tune in every weekend for our new episodes where we rotate between North Carolina and South Carolina true crime cases. Find us on all major podcast platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio, and follow us on our social media. We're on Instagram at Cola City Crime, and you can find our Facebook page by searching our name, Cola City Crime. Welcome back, everybody, uh, to part the second part of this episode where we shall dive into Kooky Sarah and her haunted mansion. So, Susie Smith, a novelist is credited with creating the urban legends surrounding her desire to go from the East Coast um, to California in her 1967 book, Prominent American Ghosts. According to Smith's account, Sarah Winchester went to a medium named Adam Coons in Boston, who informed her that she and her family were being haunted by the ghosts of the people that had been killed by the Winchester rifles and that she had to build a house for these ghosts and that she should never finish the project. Seems legit, what was the name of that person? Kook? Uh, Coons, which is <laughs> That's kind of unfortunate. <laughs> yes, yes it is. We've had some unfortunate surnames in this episode. Boy, oh boy. Yep. <laughs> I did not know that. I did not know that the medium was from Boston, which is where well, we are there from. There we go. There we yep. go. I love, I love when sort of Stuff that comes, stuff comes up on episodes that's like in Boston and like immediately, I'm like immediately, I think, oh, Leo and Stephen will get a kick out of this. <laughs> <laughs> Since then, uh, brochures and publications have consistently said that Winchester met a medium. However, there is no proof uh, that Winchester met with a psychic medium, despite the fact that it is conceivable, given that it was regular practice for the ladies of her rank at the time. Uh, a researcher called Emily Mace and others searched through editions of spiritualist, spiritualist publication uh, Banner of Light and Boston City directories that mentioned spiritualists in the area, but they were unable to locate anyone by the name of Adam Coons. That could be because with that surname, maybe he just didn't want to be found. That could be because he wasn't there. Changed <laughs> <laughs> the name several times. Very capable years off the grid as well. Yeah, <laughs> um, some of those people were not claimed especially not very well looked upon and no. uh, come after, if you will, by the angry mobs. Yeah, maybe he had a run in with Houdini and then he was like, change my name. <laughs> maybe he was Houdini. 
this has just turned into a conspiracy theory episode, people. <laughs> or or just us making shit up. <laughs> <laughs> Everything that is said on the show is gospel, Stephen. I'll have you know. <laughs> Great. <laughs> then our podcast is amazing. Okay, maybe not every... I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> the notion that Winchester's uh, sanity was in question and that she constructed her house in a bizarre, maze-like manner to confuse and prevent spirits from attacking her first surfaced in the middle of the 1890s and has continued to gain ground since her passing. Uh, Winchester's uh, religiosity and bad mental health are demonstrated by the doors and windows that open to nothing, the abnormally shallow stairs, the stairs that stop in the ceiling, the inside barred windows, the trap doors on the floor, etc., etc. However, these abnormally, abnormal, oh my God, I was doing so well. I was doing so well. I pronounced everything pretty well, and that just, fuck it out, that me up. Jesus. These abnormalities in the house can well be done. explained. Thank you. Thank you. That means a lot, Leah. That means so much. <laughs> these these uh, abnormalities can be explained easily, according to paranormal investigator Joe Nickel and the author of Captive of the Labyrinth, Mary Jo Ignafo. Uh, prior to the house modifications, the barred windows were outside windows that were closed up. Um, the doors and windows that opened to nothing were a result of the 1906 earthquake and the severe damage that happened to the house. Um, as Winchester's health uh, deteriorated, the little steps uh, were constructed. Uh, the trap doors were constructed in a greenhouse area where extra water could flow and be rooted to a garden outside. The most widely held misconception about Winchester's home construction at the turn of the 20th century, and one that is still prevalent today, is that she felt terrible guilt over all the deaths brought on by the Winchester rifles, and over having inherited such a sizable sum of money from the arms manufacturer. Um, however, since the Winchester Repeating Arms Company uh, was regarded as successful, and guns were deemed essential as essential for life in the 1800s, Ignifo contends that Winchester was unlikely to feel any guilt in reality. That is very interesting because I've heard that rumor too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was yeah. all about the guilt and that she was building this house as a way to like get ghosts to not be able to find her by, you know, going up the wrong stairs or going in the trap mm -hmm. door. That's a, that's a very interesting point. Like the time that she would have been making this house, the way we look at guns isn't the same now as it is then. That's very interesting. Yeah. I really wanted to make a, an, an American gun joke, but nothing came to mind, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> you got plenty here, okay. <laughs> uh, dear. I'm from Maine. I was given one for my second birthday. Mm. <laughs> I grew up in the project, so mostly I just ducked and covered whenever I heard one. But uh... <laughs> we, we aren't given guns. We're given what's very British. That cup of tea in your hand? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's why I reached for it, Stephen, because I needed your help on that one. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> but my tea is cold, and as a British person, that makes me extremely upset. Um, but hey. Legend has it that Winchester's apparent fascination with the number 13 is the reason behind the building's 13 bedrooms, 13 baths, and 13 windows in certain rooms. Uh, however, these elements and the, quote, more irregular features, which have made the house a well world-famed odyssey were built after miss winchester's death according to carpenter james perkins thank you james perkins for having the most normal surname we've had on this episode so far i was very worried that that was also <laughs> going to be 
a very unfortunate one. Uh, another legend is that Sarah was having seances left, right, and center. Uh, Winchester's workers, who were with her every day, reported that she had little interest in seances and that there is no evidence that they were held in the home. Uh, this goes against the notion that she conducted nocturnal seances, uh, either alone or in the blue room, from midnight to two in the morning when she conversed with the ghosts about the building that should be done the following day. The closet seances were also improbable, improbable because there were no records of seances at uh, the home. Uh, they were typically social events rather than individual activities, and records indicated that the blue room was the gardener's bedroom. I'm kind of destroying the legend of the Winchester Mystery House, I've just realized. <laughs> okay. I think it's really interesting. I think it's really interesting to kind of compare the story with the like with the fact that there there could be some level of reality as to like why the house is built and like what the different steps were that would have been taken and what the different needs that these staircases or trapdoors would have yeah. built. I think that's very interesting. Well, it was and very, I learned something. I, I was going to say it's very easy back in the day to fall into superstition versus yep. hey, yeah. you know, we didn't understand mental psychosis back then in the way that we do now. We didn't understand other things the way we yeah. do now. So. It's easy to go, oh, well, she's crazy or, oh, it's a ghost. And having so many more years since, because they're building on it for like 38 years before yeah, yeah, it, it all stopped. And just in that time alone, we went, we discovered more, we educated more, we became better people. And the facts around this are changing all the time based on what we're learning. And that's fascinating. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. I did find a term, though, that I'm going to steal. Okay. Because okay. I'm never going to use the term nocturnal emissions anymore. I'm going to use nocturnal seances. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, sweetheart. I had a nocturnal seance. <laughs> what can I say? I, I, this is the podcast that just keeps on giving. <laughs> what could I say? Plus, Stephen's learned something. So if anything... The more you I, know. That means as well, that as well as horrify on this podcast, we also educate. <laughs> um but what about the hauntings that are so uh linked to the winchester mystery house what about the ghosties that call the mansion home well both tourists and tour guides have reported encountering chilly areas footsteps cooking odors strange noises whispers slamming doors and windows and feelings of being watched according to investigator joe nickel this uh, these might be the products of confirmation bias and suggestibility brought out by media attention and reports that the house is the most haunted in the country. Uh, it's important to remember that Mary Jo Ignifo stated that tour guides are forced to adhere to a script that places a focus on embellishments and inaccuracies. Kind of shits on the super haunted house theory a little bit, doesn't it? It does, but you know, if people go there and have a good time, I'm totally fine with that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and I think there's, prob there's probably a fair amount of people that do go there and think, you know, it's it's very sort of hyped up and very legend and very embellished. But I'm still going to enjoy the architecture of the house and how just bizarre it is. Well, and I think also, you know, I've been on a lot of ghost tours in my life and there's and I'm not much of a believer, but I enjoy the I enjoy the stories. Yeah. And so sometimes it's hard for people to understand that, like, I can go on a ghost tour and hear the story and enjoy it and get into the moment and get yeah. a little afraid while at the same time being able to step away from it. So I bet there's a lot of people that are just doing that, too. They're just they're enjoying the moment. It's fun. It's fun to be scared. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I wouldn't say I'm a skeptic because, 
I love sort of watching, you know, horror films that are centered around, you know, poltergeists and hauntings and, and stuff like that. And I like to listen to podcast episodes that are about, you know, demons and, mm-hmm. and possession and, and stuff. And but because I haven't experienced anything personally, I can't say that I'm a full 100 percent. Like I need something to happen to me for me to be like, OK, I yes, I firmly believe. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I'm there's a healthy skepticism. I would say with with the way I saw it, I'm exactly the same way. And yeah. I'm curious now. What happens with me is I'll, I've done a lot of ghost hunts. I've done a lot of things because I want the experience. I'm keeping an open mind so I can experience something uh, to the level of what you're saying. And then nothing happens. Yeah. And people are like, "Well, you don't believe enough." So I go in there with with full focus, and yeah. nothing happens. And they go, "Well, you're trying too hard." And I don't know if this yeah. has happened to you or not, but it's really frustrating because nothing ever, I, people can come out of a, uh, I went to the conjuring house for okay. an overnight and there was three other groups of people there. They all came out going this experience and that experience and these weird things happened and literally nothing happened to me. Nothing that I couldn't say was just creaky floorboard or some other such thing. And I don't know what it is about me that these things don't want to talk to or experience around. <laughs> but um, I keep looking for that experience to happen. Yeah. And I I find that I'm always very quick to to disregard stuff. Like if, you know, if I see something out the corner of my eye, I'll, straight away, I'll always be like, you know, that's nothing. But I, I did. So this was a while ago now when my nan passed away. Um, we I, I was picked up from work because I was living and working at the same place at the time. And my parents picked me up and they drove me home uh, the day after they sort of broke the news. And we were talking about my nan and she loved to drink um, sherry, um, absolutely loved it. And we were talking about my nan. And then while we were talking about her in the car, and I can't explain it to this day, and it stayed for about maybe a minute or so in the car, there was a very sweet smell of sherry that just came oh, wow. out of nowhere, stayed and then went away again. And all of us in the car, even my stepdad, who is the biggest skeptic you'll ever meet in your entire life, even he was like, that was really strange. And I can't explain that still. So in a way, I've had a little bit of a personal experience, but nothing that would make me be like, you know, I'm a 100% believer. But it was odd. It was very odd. That's what keeps me hooked, though, is I've seen enough odd things that could not be coincidence like yeah. that. Yeah. So I keep looking for the the big hunting. I want to I see, you know. Uh, the the shadow figure on the wall or the stuff being thrown across the room or things that I, I literally have no explanation for other than supernatural. Yeah. Now, just to say one thing, um, Leo on our show has constantly talked about how he is oblivious to when women are hitting on him. So <laughs> he may just he may just be totally unaware. Like he could he could just be standing in the middle of a haunted room and like a vase could float by and he could be like, could be anything. <laughs> I didn't say it was women who were hitting on me. I said generally social skills at all. People got to be very direct with me or I'm just out. I don't get it. I just picture you standing in the middle of a haunted room and being like, I don't sense anything. And then cuts like the camera cuts back and you're floating in the air. Leo gets given given somebody's number and then a week later he's like, oh, wait, no, shit. I think I just think she was hitting on me. Uh, <laughs> but but yeah i think it's it's definitely fascinating that you know some people are full-on believers other people need a bit of convincing 
the only convincing I've had is that I will turn around in bed and see my clothes pile on my chair look like a demon at three o'clock in the morning. That's <laughs> that's pretty much all I've had. Yep. <laughs> uh, that's why so... I don't have mirrors in my house. I don't need to see me. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of times that I'll get scared by the fucking coat that's hanging on my wardrobe or something. Definitely some shadow figure that's <laughs> just watching me as I sleep. But I, I will confess this part of it for me, though, is I'm fascinated by the human mind and what I call an armchair psychiatrist. I don't really study it or go to school for it, but I'm, I'm intrigued. Yeah. And I know there are things like pareidolia. I know there are things where the human mind is always looking for a logical answer to what you're looking at. Yeah. And we'll, we'll find whatever it can to justify what's happening around you. And that says a lot about hauntings in general. Things yeah. that people say they see could just be because everyone around them is freaking out about something. So their brain's trying to make sense of things in a way that fits the context of what's around them. And so you can't really trust it half the time. And I think with, especially with this house, you know, I have a feeling that because it's got the moniker of the most haunted in the country and people have seen the media attention, people have seen the exactly. stories and, you know, mm -hmm. people have seen things, you know, you know, as I said, confirmation bias has probably played a big part in exactly that in the house yeah. when you have a house that is so wackadoo that i can imagine a draft or a weird floorboard will make some sort of sound or slam a yeah. door or cause things to happen it would be perfectly natural in a place like that for that sort of thing to occur yet people because of the hype because of all of the uh, media attention around it are just automatically going to go to ghosts there's something powerful about a story oh yeah you know my my yeah. parents house was the lower so like the basement and everything in the basement was built out of a, a ship that shipwrecked out in Maine. So they took all the wood oh, and they God. put it down there and you can see it. There are like giant ship beams down in my parents' basement. That's cool. And that cool. oh it's really cool. It's well, great. But when you're down there, you know, it has a vibe because of course I heard all these stories and then of course I got in my head and I loved horror movies and yeah. I loved scary things. And so you know, and it was a ship that wrecked. You know, I don't know that people died. I I had heard that in the story, but it was like, oh, like, and then, you know, every creek and every floorboard becomes a new ghost story about my parents' basement. Yeah. And then he's oh, got this pirate ghost that visits him, and then 14, and the dogs show up to find out what's going on. And... <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've got a whole pile of invisible friends. He's got a, he's got, there's a, there's a ghost parrot on his shoulder, like, got the whole, the whole shebang. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, it, it was Maine, so it was a moose, but yeah. <laughs> uh, there is no proof uh, that the house is haunted, um, and purported whispering noises can be imagined or caused by wind, as we, you know, as we just alluded to, uh, according to Nickel. Additionally, temperature shifts are typical in old, sprawling, drafty houses. Strange noises may also be explained by the house's movements and changes in the outside temperature. So maybe there's not really that much of a mystery. But we also love a story, as Stephen said. Mm -hmm. So when Sarah Winchester was still alive, rumors circulated about a storage room in her house containing over $25,000 in hidden treasures, including a Tiffany window with a spiderweb pattern that Winchester herself had designed. In 2016, a secret attic was discovered, uh, though there's no proof it was the same secret storage room. Inside the attic were a pump organ, a Victorian-era couch, a dress form, a sewing machine, and various paintings. How difficult must it have been to get that couch 
in that attic. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> How much did she have to pay those movers? Like most people, they just offer their friends a beer or a pizza. What'd she have to give them to get through that maze? That's what I was thinking. I was thinking her friends must be like, I am never helping that bitch move again. <laughs> you just know that. You just know that like, They'll be like, okay, so is this the attic? And she'll be like, no, sorry, it's the other one. And then they'll have to take the couch back out. No, right the staircase to the 14th floor. Down Don't take the level. one next to it. It goes nowhere. <laughs> Don't forget the chaise lounge. <laughs> and you know that one guy on the back end, he's like, turn it last, you asshole. Ah, they're like fighting the whole way through. Sarah's just like, Man, I haven't seen the movers with the couch. I wonder where they are. And they just, she just opens the door that leads out to the fucking yard. And they're just sprawled <laughs> on the fucking ground. You imagine it's there's like a pile of 10 couches and 12 bodies. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I was thinking they got it all the way upstairs and they just, they were just like, we're done. They just found skeletons and a U-Haul uniform. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I would want a lot of money from Sarah Winchester if I'm moving anything in that house, couch or not. So <laughs> visitors to the Winchester mansion occasionally uh, claim to feel the um, alleged ghosts that have long lived there. Uh, however, paranormal studies have, of course, found nothing. But perhaps there are still some spirits haunting the abode. Maybe even Sarah Winchester herself. And that was... The case of the Sarah Winchester Mystery House. How did you find that one, boys? Oh, I love that story. That's a great story. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, it is, uh, it, it's it's a lesson that if you own a haunted place and you use an attraction, you should never call paranormal investigators because oh, there's yeah. a chance that they'll say, nope, haunted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that happened with Houdini. We mentioned him earlier, but he actually tried to debunk this back in whatever time era. And failed uh, to to prove anything was haunting the place at all, uh, or was it debunking it? Or did, I can't remember. Either he failed to prove it or failed to not prove it. I don't remember. But it was fascinating. He did a whole séance there, and uh, it was a very interesting part of the history of that place. I did remember reading up about that when I was when I was researching and yeah. and finding stuff about it. But it's you know as we said, it's it's a fascinating story for sure. And mm-hmm. now obviously it's a you know it's something that brings in a lot of tourists. Um, you know, it's something that has an interest for sure I, I just want to see douchebag bagans go and investigate it now because that'd be hilarious <laughs> <laughs> he brings experience everywhere with the job yeah i know every he gets he seems to get he seems to get possessed a lot <laughs> i'm just saying a lot well it's so easy to do that on camera and make it seem like something that's why <laughs> if he's if he's not getting possessed then he's he's being like where this is the most haunted room in the building the basement where Fifty people have died, and what what Aaron's going to do is he's going to go in there by himself, and he's going to be locked in. And Aaron's just like, "What? Right, right, <laughs> right." Which one of my staff pissed me off this week? They're going to spend their <laughs> own, <laughs> own time in here. <laughs> they... You show you showed up late three times this week. You get to stay in the haunted room all by yourself. <laughs> but, you know, uh... it's interesting though to Stephen's point. That it, you know, we we all love to have a good tale to tell, and with. A lot of the modern debunking that's happening, just not even on purpose, but, you know, we're just getting better tech and we're getting better ideas and notions of how things go. It's ruining some really good stories. Yeah. And it's it's okay to just let them be. 
stories and just yeah. have fun with it. We don't have to always go out there and whether you believe or not, prove that these things do or don't exist and just ruin the fun and the atmosphere for everybody. Yeah, that's a good point. I wonder where the balance is because, you know, again, I'm, I do consider myself a skeptic. I'm not opposed to the idea that there are things that I don't know, but I generally yeah. approach things like ghosts with skepticism. There is also a certain point that I'm like, you know what? Like with all the things that are going on in the world, I'm not like deeply concerned with whether or not people believe that a whisper that they heard in the Sarah Winchester house yeah. is something that needs to be debunked, especially with other things that I think would be more valuable to be debunked. Yeah. And so I don't know. Yeah. There is a really interesting balance between, you know, like what, you know, facts matter. Facts absolutely mm -hmm. matter. Mm -hmm. But also just, you know, like when is a, when is a good story enough? Yeah. 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 And absolutely. It's, it's fun to, I, I've sat down in front of YouTube with my friends before and watched some of those, you know, top scary ghost videos caught on camera or whatever. And it's, it's a laugh, whether you believe it or not, whether you actually see anything or not, or you just sit there and goof with each other about how bullshit the whole thing is. It's still a good time. Yeah. It's funny when those videos come up, I tell people you like, oh, you should see them. But I'm like, it doesn't matter whether they're true or not, because either they're true and they're amazing or they're fake and they're amazing. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> it's one or the other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's kind of funny though. Cause like you sort of, I, I approach it the way, the way that you do, Stephen, you know, I, there's, I'll always put a rational explanation before anything else. Um, but I, I'll watch like a horror film that's, you know, about possession or I'll watch, you know, a, a you know, top five ghost caught on camera video while I'm, you know, in bed or something. And, like a true crime documentary doesn't bother me at all. Well, I won't get creeped out, but I'll finish watching that. I'll turn my light out and I will never run to my bed as fast as I would have in that moment. <laughs> yes, I don't get scared by movies too often, but one of the last movies to scare me was the first paranormal activity. That was really, it just, it that worked. It just worked for me. Yeah. It just, it hit me in the right place. I, it's a movie I, I have a lot of admiration for. And it was like, and it, it just hit me in that place. You're, you're right. There's something about that kind of storytelling that it has its, it has its place. It has its purpose. Oh yeah. hundred um, percent. I remember the conjuring Two shat me up quite a bit. The first time I watched, maybe it's because I hate dolls and that was the overriding. <laughs> I'll do it. Sure. Sure. <laughs> but I remember I was watching it and um, it was when I was in university accommodation and my bed was sort of built into the wall, I suppose. And I had the window behind me and it had um, a blind. It didn't have curtains and my window was open a little bit. And I, I remember I got to like a bit where there was going to be a jump scare. And at exactly the moment the jump scare came, there was a slight gust of wind and it, it blew my blind and it like sort of did that <laughs> on my head. <laughs> and I have never shat myself before <laughs> like that badly. <laughs> if, you, if you don't mind, Dom, I have a story for you. Yeah, yeah, listeners. go, go. So when I was in college, the first time I went to college, um, they brought in a psychic and they did this whole uh, like supernatural week around Halloween. They never did it again because they they brought in a paranormal investigator that showed pictures of real dead bodies. Oh, and so, yeah, and this guy took his work seriously. And so for him, he was like treating it like a scientific endeavor, like he was she actually showed this stuff. And the school freaked out about it. They didn't like it one bit. I actually thought his whole thing was very interesting. But anyway, so, but I'm that kind of person. But they also brought in a psychic. And so 
like me and like a hundred other people that were in the dorm and it was supposedly haunted because all dorms are um we were in there in a circle and she was in the middle and she was walking around in a circle and she was like talking to spirits or whatnot and she looked dead at me dead serious and said i recognize you and then she was walked on and i was like oh, and oh, i was oh. like i was like holy shit i was so terrified and then she came back around the circle she looked at me and she said i saw you in a play three weeks ago you were great <laughs> <laughs> i need you to know uh, on my end of this uh recording you went she looked right at me and it froze and you didn't say anything for like well, what seemed like a minute and it was absolutely terrifying in the context of that perfect timing of that story what what if i had just deleted <laughs> I looked and over at Dom's window and I was like, did he do that on purpose? That was cool. <laughs> I think. And then and then I'm never heard from again. <laughs> Not gonna lie, if you deleted, I probably would have yeeted my laptop out the wall <laughs> and then just ran. <laughs> I'll finish the story for you, Leo, later. That's fine. <laughs> um but yes, I, I wasn't sure how much you knew about the house, but hopefully you guys learned something new and and you know got mm -hmm. some new information but we hope you enjoyed uh today's episode it was lovely having you guys back on again i'm so stoked that we could get another recording in um, Me too. you know it was absolute pleasure so fun so i know that you mentioned it at the beginning um but for the people that are still sort of sticking around just a little reminder of where they can find you um and you know when you release episodes and all that good stuff yeah, so find us on Spoils of Horror if you want to look us up on social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram. We like to have fun over there. Plus, also, if you want to listen to the show, we are on Spotify. We're on Apple. We're pretty much everywhere that you can find a podcast. I'm always terrible about mentioning the like places that no one goes to podcasts. Pandora. We're on Stitcher. <laughs> <laughs> and don't no, forget more reviews on the Podbean. <laughs> Yeah, but we're over there. We cover everything that's lost, uh, popular, bizarre, hardcore. We cover a range of horror movies. So there's definitely something over there that if you want to just have some fun with, kind of lay back and enjoy an hour and 30 minutes of your favorite horror movie, we got it for you. Beautiful. On our end, um, you can find Horror House wherever you find podcasts, even on Stitcher and Pandora <laughs> and Podbean and Podbean. <laughs> What other ones? Um, Spreaker. Got a MySpace page too. <laughs> and you can also find us on social media at horrorhouse underscore pod. Uh, don't hesitate to DM with any case suggestions, uh, any feedback. Um, we like to hear nice things about ourselves. Stephen is looking very in thought, so I, I expect a DM from Spores of Horror. <laughs> I, I got something for you. I like to I like to be a supplier for my uh, for my okay. you know my true crime podcasts. Okay, um, and also don't forget to rate and review if you enjoy what we do here mm -hmm. at Horror House. Um, you can rate on Spotify. You can rate and review on the website and also on Apple Podcasts, um, which I think helps with the algorithm as well. Like the more reviews you get on apple Podcasts, they like boost you or something i don't know. it's true um so yes please say good things about us because we like to hear nice things um because we're you know <laughs> egotistical like that we're not we're very nice people also if you want to support us uh financially you can donate to the show with the buy me a coffee link and you can also buy some merch 
look out for the thong. It's coming. You know, <laughs> get it. That can be a Valentine's Day present, you know, next year or something. Get your partner a... It's an everyday present. <laughs> Christmas. Christmas. Valentine's. Thanksgiving here in America. <laughs> Big here. Because who, who wouldn't want... Who wouldn't want a thong with all four of our faces on them? Let's be honest. <laughs> Let's right. be honest. That's right. <laughs> but yes, thank you for listening today, everyone. We hope you enjoyed. And Leo and Steven, see us out. It's your... It's all yours. Oh, well... Uh, thanks for being here, meatbags around the world. We are happy to be part of the show with you. Yep. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you next time. Make Dom bring us back. Yes, Bye. absolutely. <laughs> bring, hashtag bring back Spores of Horror. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag Spores of Horror. <laughs> Stay spooky, everybody.